This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Thanks for tuning in again this week for a new episode. Trisha and I wanted to let our listeners know that while we are continuing to release new episodes that are not directly related to the Black Lives Matter movement going on in the world around us, that does not mean that we have forgotten or that we are choosing to ignore the issues at hand. We stand in solidarity with Black Lives Matter, and we are committed to doing our part to undo the racist policies that are woven into society through systemic racism and oppression. If you want to know more about how to do that, one resource is our episode titled How to Communicate as a White Ally, Black Lives Matter. We encourage you to also continue the conversation with your family and friends to not let the momentum of this movement end. With that being said, we are happy you are here to learn new ways to be a better communicator. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lost Art of Communication podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Annette Wittenberger. Thank you so much for joining us, Annette. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor. Thank you. So let's begin by learning a little bit more about you. Can you tell us and your listeners your background, your story, what you're up to now, and what makes you interested in communication? Yes. So I, let's see, I retired from the military, from the army. It'll be four years in November. I am a military spouse of almost 22 years in September. And I have a, she'll be 20 years old next month, a daughter in college in Texas and a 17 year old high school senior and four dogs. Wow. (laughs) Full household. (laughs) How did that look for you during the pandemic? Is everyone home right now? No, my daughter decided to stay in Texas and um, try to be all grown up and everything. So she's there, and my son he's he's at home still, and it's uh, it's been challenging for for him at least because although he's doesn't really care that he's not in school. <laughs> I care. And so I think he needs to go and be with friends. So it's, it's been, it's been difficult. He's been bored out of his mind. So trying to keep a 17 year old entertained is, uh, it comes, it comes with some laughs. So it's been fun. I I feel like being an adolescent right now would be hardest of all preteens and teenagers. Cause this is the time that you're supposed to be out with friends and making social connections. And it's not like adults where we have our lives a little bit more established. So I really feel for him and yeah. everyone else going through that yeah. and communicating within the household, like across generations, like when typically, you know, you wouldn't be, maybe he'd be out. And now you guys are all locked in the house a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> How is that going? Yeah, so I, I do. I I pester him quite often with just, hey, come talk to me. Kate, come hang out with me. Hey, because we have a, it, the floor plan is different here. You go, as soon as you walk in the house, you go down the stairs and that's where his room is. So we call it the cave. So he's always in the mm-hmm. in the cave and I have to constantly, you know, bring him upstairs to see light or he gets up to, to eat food and then he goes back in there. So we, uh, we try to spend time with him every day to talk about anything and sometimes we'll bring up the news and get his you know it's, it's interesting to receive his feedback on how the world is and 
But I think it's necessary that we talk about it because not like when I was growing up where they would say, we'll tell you when you're older, you can't do that anymore. Now it's, it's just real, this is real crap and we have to talk about it. So trying to explain things to him, although I think he explains things to me more. Um, <laughs> it's been, it's been interesting. So, but I think it's, it's, it's got a little bit better because yes, we are stuck in the house and you can't go out all the time. So we have to talk to each other like real people. So. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is if you're in the house, you can't avoid as much as you usually do these bigger conversations and, and younger and younger kids now are getting more involved in bigger conversations, which I think is great, but it's also like, Oh no, we have to talk about it. <laughs> yes, exactly. You have to because you're going to send them out into the world and they're going to be clueless because you've seen, I know we were going to talk about politics, but really quick, the news, you see people on the news and they have no idea what's going on. And you're like, is she kidding? Is she serious? And so I, yeah, I don't want to send my kids off like that. <laughs> yeah, no, staying informed is, is key. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. And I love that you pointed out how you're learning from him too, because I think that can be an impediment a lot of the time for younger people to want to talk with their parents or with someone that's older than them because they know like their opinion might not be validated. So the fact that you're acknowledging, oh, wow, I'm actually learning a lot from him probably makes it a lot easier for him to talk to you about things as well. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's been interesting because he, yeah, there are times where he's like, mom, I don't want to talk about that, but uh, we kind of do. So let's just, just, just get it over with. And, you know, I'm the weird parent or whatever. It's okay. Cause you know, that's just what my job is. So <laughs> I would, I think it, he will eventually appreciate having the quote unquote weird parent <laughs> when he grows up. <laughs> I think so too. And I remind him of that. <laughs> yep. Yep. He'll like <laughs> on it and love it. <laughs> So your platform is called A Wild Ride Called Life, yes. correct? Yes. So where, where did, what does that mean? I just feel like there's probably so much backstory to that name. And so I read this and like, okay, she must have an interesting life. You mentioned you're in the military. Can you tell us what, first of all, that platform stands for and why you called it that? Yes, that has oh, a lot of backstory to it. I, you know, I, when I was growing up, I... I had grew up with a divorced parents. I had my own sexual trauma when I was a child. I had a lot of things that had happened growing up. And as I joined the military and had to learn a new way of life and to be tough and not really talk about anything that I was going through, it, it takes a toll on you because it wasn't until my forties to where I was like, Oh my God, like what? where did all this come from? And that now I know why I've been this way. And it was hard. And, you know, that stigma of mental health, of not wanting to talk about it for fear of judgment or people are going to look, I mean, I've lost friends, you know, and it's been, it's been crazy. And so when I decided, actually it was, I was in a very dark place and my friend basically saved my life. And that's when I knew that, or she had to remind me, look, you, you have kids, you, you can't leave this world and, and all this stuff. And it's hard to hear that from people when you're really stuck. When I decided to talk about it and, and just come to grips with this is what I'm feeling and it sucks and it's hard and I felt alone, I decided, 
I was going to write about it and I was going to create a blog and oh my God, what am I doing? This is scary. And I had, I hired a, another veteran to help me and a wild ride called life just came out of nowhere. And I was like, this is it. This is, this is not just my life. This is like everybody's life. And I've heard the term, you know, either my wild ride call life or the wild ride call life or whatever. And I just said, this is it. I'm going to use it. And and I launched it and it was scary as hell. And I, ever since then, I just decided that, okay, I'm not, I can't hide from it anymore. It's like out there on the web. And um, I just learned that I had to be, I just had to keep being real. I mean, I know we like that we post all the happy stuff, which is totally fine. Not a lot of people put the real stuff. And I've had people ask me, why do you put your business out there like that? I mean, my family, so my daughter and I are social media people, but my husband and my son are like, don't put my name on there. Don't put my picture on there. And here's me like, hey, I'm having a bad day. I, I think if I would have had that if I would have been able to see that, I wouldn't have been so afraid to share my my feelings. And I think that's what we needed. And so I decided that's what I was going to have to do that. I mean, I, it saved my life and I wanted to help save others. And so that's where it came. What was supposed to just be a blog has now turned into much more than that. And it's still scaring, but it's yet exciting because I've had so many strangers reach out via, you know, anonymously via the website or through Instagram saying, thank you for saying this. I needed to hear it. And I used to cry because I'd be like, Oh my God, somebody read it. And I, you know, I just, this is just real life. It's not always Instagram pretty or, or filters and all this stuff. This is just me, no makeup and it's real. And I don't know. I can go on and on. It's just, I just felt like I, it had to be done. And so I did it. I was like, okay, here it is. That's incredible. I literally have chills right now because everything you're saying is illustrating the power of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Feeling of I don't, why I'm scared to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And something you hit on, we actually just talked about in our last episode that we published, which is all about loneliness. One thing we said is that Sometimes when we're feeling lonely, the best thing we can do is do something creative that can give mm. back to the world. And that's literally exactly what you did. You're in this dark place and feeling lonely. And then you channeled that emotion into something that obviously has helped so many people. And I can't imagine how good it feels when you get those reactions and responses. And so good for you for having the strength to share your voice, because I think one thing that people forget is how much it helps other people that you putting yourself in that vulnerable position helps so many other people. That's amazing. No, thank you. Thinking in my brain, um, about Brene Brown. I don't know if you've heard of her, Okay, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, her book titled braving the wilderness. Like it sounds like that's what you're doing is you're going out and you're braving the wilderness with your own strength and story. And you're standing there and now people are listening and relating and it's creating much more support systems with them. So I'm picturing like you in a forest, a tree growing and putting out roots and everyone growing around you. Like, that's amazing. Really, really strong of you too. Thanks. It's been a wild ride for sure. (laughs) 
So how do you, something you touched on that is really important as far as the way that we put ourselves out in the world and this vulnerability piece. And you mentioned your son, for example, doesn't like to be featured on the blog versus your daughter's more open to social media. We're living in such an interesting time right now where literally anything about our lives could be posted for the entire world to see. So I'm just curious, how do you strike the balance between this is me sharing my story being vulnerable versus this is me not having a private life anymore and broadcasting everything? Like, are there certain boundaries that you have where it's like, okay, well, this stuff I'll keep private and this I'll share for the world? Or is it more like, I know that I don't need anything to be private because it will help people. So I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on that because I'm sure that takes some time to really figure out what is appropriate to share, what you feel comfortable sharing. No, no, it, it is very true. Absolutely. There are boundaries. Uh, my husband's still in the military. So, you know, and he's at a position to where <clears throat> I respect his privacy. So I won't talk about everything when it comes to that side of the family. And if my son doesn't want to be plastered everywhere, I'll respect that as well. So I'll focus on, on me and my feelings. Cause that's really how the journey started was how I was in a dark place and how I'm, you know, now able to get, be in that space to talk about it. So I'll, I'll help as much as I can and share as much as I can from my side. I will respect that boundary. I don't, you know, there's just certain things that doesn't always need to be said unless it's if it if it's if it could be helpful, helpful to someone else. I'll take it offline. I won't post it everywhere. Um, but with me, you know, I'll just um, there's also some things, too, I, I haven't really spoken up about in depth yet, but I will take it offline but I, I'll, I'll talk about it. So if someone wants to talk about it, someone needs to hear it, then I'll say, Hey, you know what? Let's set up a time to talk. And, you know, so yeah, there, I mean, there are things I, I will be open about, but yeah, it doesn't always have to be on social media. It doesn't, I mean, there are some things you're like, all right, maybe I shouldn't say that yet. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it's, it is difficult because, I mean, even now, I never would have imagined sharing what I have. I never would have imagined having a website talking about all my stuff. I mean, are you kidding? I used to, I was a quiet kid. I went to an all-girl Catholic high school. I, there was only like three of us out of the whole school that joined the military. It's just not, no, you just don't do that. Especially, you know, I was, I'm Peruvian. So our Hispanic family was just like, you don't talk about that stuff. You don't put your business up there. That stays in-house. So this is so not, no, I wasn't supposed to be like this. <laughs> so it sounds like with your culture and with the military, everything was kind of telling you, keep everything in, don't put anything out there. So yeah, what, what I guess was the catalyst to allow you to be like, no, I, I need to talk about my feelings, think about my feelings and share my story. When I was, I was in my last few months of retirement and it was, it was due to the fact that I didn't, you know, I didn't make the promotion list to the next rank and I was devastated. And I think that's when everything came down on me and I was so depressed and, you know, I am a suicide attempt survivor. I, I mean, I was just, I was really in a bad place and 
when I started the blog, I talked about it. I was still, I was still feeling like I didn't, I mean, I was there, but I wasn't all there. And and unfortunately in 2018, when I was, I was in a car accident with my daughter, I was actually taking her to college first semester. And it was a very traumatic, it was head on. I, you know, I spent five weeks in the hospital, six surgeries, my whole left side broke and I've got scars, blah, 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 blah. My daughter has a rod in her leg, but we survived it. And I think, being stuck in the hospital and people telling me, oh my God, we don't know how you survived it or God had a reason. I was so angry because I was feeling sorry for myself. I was mad at the world. I was pissed off at him. But I had to be reminded that I was still alive. Like it could have totally been worse. And so it wasn't until then where I was like, okay, this is it. Like I can't keep holding it in. I'm not perfect. And never said I was, I've made so many mistakes. It's ridiculous, but this is what's preventing me from really living. I was so depressed in my family and I had all these things and now I'm not close to my dad. It's just really depressing. But my husband had to keep reminding me, okay, so what are you going to do about it? Are you going to keep suffering or are you just going to live with it? And so that's when I was like, holy crap, you're so right. Like, I can't, I'm going to die if I keep living this way. And this is, you know, I don't expect everybody to be like, okay, I'm going to share everything in my life. That's just what I needed to do because I knew that I was on this, this journey, this, this path to want to help people. But how am I going to help people if I can't really help myself? You know, I wasn't going to therapy because I was like, I got it. I'm a vet. I don't need help. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, I could be tough as hell, but there's certain things where I'm like, I know I need I need to talk to somebody, come and lose my shit. So and and I had to I had kids that were looking at me that have seen me in my rage, that have seen me in my most darkest moments. How are they gonna be when you know, they're teenagers now, so they're going to go, they've been through their depressed moments and seeing that as a mom just broke my heart because I was like, oh my God, that was me. He doesn't know how to talk about it because I didn't know how to talk about it. And it was so hard. So in order for me to be present for my children, I had to wake up or this is going to be passed on in, because it was passed on to me. And so that was it. It's like, I'm done. I, I have to do something. So now here I am sharing it with the world, like no care. <laughs> so my family's like, I, and, and I'm sorry. I I mean, now some of us cousins, 40s and 50s, and we're like, you know, we really had some messed up shit. But now we're ready to talk about it years, decades later. But now we're bonded because we are able to finally say, this is what we went through. And so... Now we've got to do something about it. And it's not too late. I mean, I wish it would have, it would have happened earlier, but I think having kids is what really made us see things differently. So I know that was long-winded, but yeah. So here I am. <laughs> this yeah. is it. One thing that's interesting that you said was the feeling that you couldn't help other people if you couldn't even help yourself. Mm-hmm. But what you ended up doing helped yourself and so many other people. And so I think that's helpful for people to hear is that you don't need to feel 
stuck because you think there's nothing I can do for myself. So I'm worthless to society. It's like, no, actually sometimes thinking about other people and how that might help them, whether or not that was your impetus with the blog, or if it was really just to share your voice, but usually those are not mutually exclusive. And if anything, if you're really truly helping yourself, you're going to be helping other people in some form. So that's amazing that you found that outlet, even though it was obviously a really long wild ride, like you mentioned, everything you just like, whoa, so many twists and turns. But eventually you got there. And I know it's easy to think, oh, I wish it happened sooner, but your mindset seems to be good and everything happens when it's supposed to. And if it didn't happen exactly at that time, you wouldn't be helping that person that wrote you the message saying thank you for that, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And being the model for your children is such a huge thing because children learn from their parents, the people they're around the most. And by you modeling the positive behaviors that you are, it's going to naturally go down to them. And I really, really like that you recognize that because a lot of people don't. And like you said, you had a lot of things passed down to you and you're stopping the cycle, which is really powerful too. I'm just curious, what have you found to work for you or what tips do you have for people who grow up in a society where they're trained not to open up or they were in the military where you're told literally don't show your feelings? I'm sure you know a lot of veterans and I believe that you work with people transitioning out of the military as well, right? So mm-hmm. what tactics and advice do you give to people who just don't even know where to begin. Like how, the word vulnerability is like, ugh, icky. How do we talk about feelings? Like gross, I don't have feelings. So I'm just curious what advice you'd give for someone who's so stuck in that mentality as you once were. The two, the two things that come to the top of my head that I heard a couple years ago, two mantras that I live by now is one of them is it is okay to not be okay. We are so hard on ourselves And we feel like we constantly have to be, you know, this perfect person and do everything right and have our house clean all the time or always have makeup on. I think I had to learn that it's okay. If I don't get stuff done one day during the week when I know I'm supposed to, it's okay. I'll do it tomorrow. It's absolutely okay. If you want to watch Netflix for two hours, okay. I mean, I've done it true story. And it's okay because I needed a step away because you find yourself so consumed in whatever you're working on that you forget what's on the outside. You need to, why don't you, if you need to get up and get water, why don't you drink it outside for a minute? Like take in the air. And I've, I've neglected that for so long. And so when I finally did it and I hang out with my dogs in the backyard, I'm like, man, I told, I need to do this like every day just for like 20 minutes and find the time to do a mask, a face mask, or listen to music or write or something, because we forget about all those little things. And then the next day comes and the next day comes and you're like, I wish I would have done that last week. It, 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 we're just, we're just too hard on ourselves. We need to give ourselves more grace. The other thing I found from people is we all have a story to tell. We all have a mess that we can turn into our message And that's what I've learned the hard way. And so I try to help people with that. Everybody has a story. We just need help 
trying to get it out there to help use our voice. And that's why I think I'm so passionate about the spaces that I've created with the blog and the podcast is to give people that space that they don't have because they've been so afraid that they have nothing to tell. They have nothing to share. They have nobody to help. You don't know who's reading, listening, hearing. You don't know what you are doing with the little things that you can do to help people. People are always watching. They're either scrolling through Instagram TV, videos, YouTube, whatever the case is, there's a platform out there that people are watching and they, you never know who needs to, who needed to see that post today. And I know I've done that with people. I've, I've scrolled through and I've read something and I screenshot it. Cause I was like, yes, I'm going to use that for my story tomorrow because I want to blast this out because it's so motivational. It's so inspirational. So don't be afraid. It, I know it's scary, but just one step at a time, but don't be afraid to say, I don't have my shit together. I need help because we all do. We just need to find that little tribe. That's like, I got you. You need wine. I'll come give it to you. It, it, you know, you have messy hair. I don't care. People are always apologizing because I do it too. I'm so sorry. My house is a mess. I'm like, mm. you know what? This is lived in man. This is <laughs> yesterday's dishes, whatever the case is, I, we need to stop being afraid. And I find it so interesting too, like coming from the military where everyone has, you know, these really impressionable memories and events that happen to them. I would find it a disservice to not connect with those people and share their stories with each other. Right. Like if you're all going through this stuff, open the curtain and show each other because you're all going through it and you can create a community around it, which is amazing that you're doing. And I just, yeah, I want to send that message out to others. And I obviously I'm, I'm not in the military. I don't, I don't actually have much experience knowing many people in the military. So happy to meet you. Um, <laughs> but I think it's really cool that you're doing that because it is really scary. Like you said, and there is the message, don't talk about it, but everyone's going through similar things. So why not? Yeah, no, it's hard because I think we're just so programmed to, you know, a certain way. So it's hard to finally let it go because it's like, Oh man, those are real feelings I have to show. I don't know how to do that. So. And we've been taught to not, yeah. like yeah. you said, don't show it your culture being, you know, in that generation, like it's just different. I yeah. love what you said though, about little things, like even just going outside for a few minutes or just starting with talking to someone, because obviously, as you mentioned before, your story was kind of, okay, I hit a really big low. And so then I shared my whole life on the internet that might not resonate. Then that might, might not be possible for a lot of people. Right. And you don't have to wait. So for anyone listening, you don't have to wait till you get to that low point to take action, start taking small action steps even today. And one thing that you said a while ago in the episode earlier on was, okay, maybe I don't have to make this a blog post, but I can have a conversation about it. So I just want to make sure that anyone listening knows self-expression doesn't necessarily need to be on the internet. You don't have to write a blog, but listening to everything in that saying of taking a small step, maybe that's telling one friend you're feeling lonely today, or maybe that's connecting with one person in your family that you haven't in a while, but just sharing your feelings slowly and incrementally will help as opposed to waiting till you get to that really low place. We can prevent that from happening 
if you're taking these baby steps along the way. So I really like that you broke it down into that. And then if you have hit that low place, don't feel like you have to make a total 180 tomorrow because you probably won't. All of these things are a process. So really what I would say based on everything that Annette is sharing is try to find one or two ways that you can start today to feel better for yourself, whether that's indulging in reading a book for leisure or watching Netflix Mm -hmm. or going outside or playing with your dog, or that's having a conversation with someone telling someone something that you've never told anyone before. And the more and more you do that, then the more comfortable it becomes. It won't always feel scary Mm -hmm. if you get certain things. Well, it's always scary to be vulnerable, but the more you practice it, just like with anything, the more it becomes a skill. And so it's not as intimidating. Absolutely. Yes. Not everybody needs to be like, like me and let it out, but just small steps, just reach out to somebody. You'll feel so much better. So tell us a little, if you don't mind about what it is you do with clients, you coach people now as well, right? Yes. So I am a mentor and a coach. I help people find their passion, you know, cause we, we often get stuck in feeling like we have to stay with a certain day-to-day job, but on the other side of it, we really want to go after this other thing. And entrepreneurship is so scary. And what if I fail or what if I don't make money? I, you know, I always tell people go with what sets your soul on fire. If you want to go open a cafe, open the cafe, do it, go for it, because that's what you really want to do. And that's, what's going to make you happy. Cause now I feel, especially during now, it's not always about how much money you make. Are you happy? Is that really what you want to do? And, you know, people make, or my family makes fun of me because I, you know, they're like, you have a call today, you have a podcast today, but they know that I love it every day. I just, you know, I, I love doing what I do because that's, I found it. I found the passion because after the military, I was like, who am I? What am I? I don't have this uniform anymore. I don't have my little family. So I, that's what I try to help people with is just find that. And then how, you know, the steps to get there, cause it's not going to be easy, but if you love it and you wake up each day with a sense of purpose and excitement, then it will all, it, it, it will work and you'll be so much better for it. So yeah, that's, that's what I do. I actually haven't really thought about that. Like when you're in the military, one day it ends and then you are still, it's not like you're retiring like the traditional retiring, like when you're 65, 70, when you want to naturally slow down, you're still in, you know, this prime age of life and you're kind of stripped from what your life has been. And it's, it is in the military, I'm assuming all encompassing, right? Like Mm -hmm. that is your whole life. So I think that's really important to help people find their, their passion about what you want to do. And I'm so happy you found yours because it's super helpful to, I'm sure lots and lots of people. Yeah, yeah, like I it all comes down to the way that we form our identity too. And if you get so fixated on a label, like I'm in the military or I'm a teacher or I'm a doctor, whatever that label is, mm-hmm. it's easy to neglect that fire inside of ourselves. But one thing that I know I've heard from lots of people is just this feeling of, I don't know what that fire is. And mm-hmm. so working with a coach, I imagine is invaluable, especially if you don't know, like some people are born knowing I'm going to be an author or I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be whatever it is. But a lot of people don't feel that burning passion and 
we're told just the whole system is go to school, get a degree, get a job. And then you connect your identity with that career, which Mm -hmm. as Molly mentioned, even more so in something like the military where it becomes your whole life, not just a nine to five. But what I want people to take away from this is if you're struggling to figure out where your passion lies, definitely check out Annette's work because that could I could be so helpful and something that I'm sure so many people wish that they had. And I'm so glad that we're living in a time where that's becoming acknowledged that yeah. like you said, it's not all about money. And mm-hmm. if you're doing your soul's true purpose, it will work out. You will have food on the table if you're truly following your passion. So I just love that you're that light and inspiration for people, but also it sounds like you help them do some of the deeper digging because it's easy to say, Oh, I'm just going to do this. And then you fail and then you give up. (laughs) So, Oh yeah. Thank you. Of course. Any tips you have for someone who is really struggling with that and just feeling like they don't know the next step to take in their life. I know that's a very loaded question, but any like general like questions we can ask ourselves that you found to be helpful? I think the biggest thing is not to be afraid to reach out, you know, whether it's, you know, I always tell people, and I always give people my number actually to reach out anonymously, or if you want to, you know, just message text or whatever to have somebody to talk to, because I know that sometimes we're afraid to go see a therapist, psychologist, whatever, because we don't feel like they can relate to what we're feeling. You know, they've never been in that position. So sometimes you need somebody who actually has. And now that, you know, I've found that I'm not alone. No, we're not alone out there. There's somebody out there who can understand. Don't be afraid to say, hey, you got a minute? I just really need to let this out. Because they don't have that. They don't have that place to go to. And you can only do so much on Facebook. I know there's a hundred Facebook pages where you can go on there and comment and say what you're feeling and people will reach out. But sometimes you need like just a real, a direct contact with somebody. So, you know, just, it's okay. It's okay. And, you know, there's plenty of us that are not there to judge you. We, we understand. And I think especially during this time, it's so important to know that we have somebody to get through this with and not feel so alone. So from, from experience, don't be afraid to reach out. Asking for help is so, so important. Really glad you brought that up. We did an episode on that and I'm still currently working on that so much because it is so scary to just be like, okay, I'm not perfect. I don't have this together. And I'm noticing you do. Can you help me is so vulnerable and scary, but so important. So I'm really glad you brought that up. I like the the in-person element too. The real human connection is so important because it's easy to get lost in social media and think, oh yeah, I'm connecting with all these people, which is great. Amazing platform. Definitely can help us feel connected, but there is so much to be said for that real conversation with an actual human. Right. So right. 
all of this being said, we like to end every episode with a takeaway that our listeners can put into practice. You've already given so many golden nuggets of tips that hopefully people are enjoying. I'm definitely, I've been taking notes on the things that you've been saying, but if you could share just one action step that people can start as soon as this week to help them be better communicators or whatever it is that you think would improve their life, what would that be? Start writing. Some of us don't know how to verbalize it, say the right words, but somehow you put it on paper and it all comes out. So I have like, I don't know how many journals. I, I, I really feel that writing it down helps with the first step. It, it's huge. So whether you write music or you write poems or you just write or write your feelings down, start writing. It will help you tremendously. You are speaking Trish's language right now. <laughs> Soul sisters, I have like a bookcase filled with journals. That's my numbered one tip to everyone. It's just, just journal about it. Just write about it. It'll feel better. <laughs> I'm hearing it from so many more people. So I, that's something I'm working on and giving me more inspiration to do that. So thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone listening, please check out Annette's platform, A Wild Ride Called Life. Read her blog, listen to the podcast, contact her if you need anything. It's been a wonderful conversation, and we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be here. Thank you so much. It was such an honor. You guys are doing great. Appreciate you again for coming on. Um, Message us if you have any questions. Please reach out to Annette and have a great rest of your day.